Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Gary Knights, who is Senior Director of Product Management at Alemica. And today we're going to talk about the digitization of customer order channels. Now, if you're a supplier, nothing makes you happier than receiving a customer order. And the more orders you receive, uh, you know, the happier you are. However, there are many different ways that a customer can communicate an order from, you know, highly automated approaches, you know, to manual entry. Um, so what challenges does this create for suppliers and, you know, how can technology and digital networks help to streamline and automate the order uh, to cash lifecycle? Well, that's going to be the main focus of today's, uh, you know, episode and conversation. Uh, and it's great to welcome Gary back to the program to share his insights and perspective on this topic. So, uh, Gary, welcome to the program. Uh, thanks, Adrian. It's uh, great to be back. Yeah, well, it's great. You know, the last time you were on the program, we, we talked about, you know, supplier portals and, 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 you know, kind of some of the challenges there and some of the innovations taking place in terms of integrating that as part of the overall uh, order, you know, life cycle. Uh, so here we're kind of broadening it out a little bit more now, talking about really all the, all the different challenges. And, you know, like I just said in my opening comments, you know, receiving from, an, you know, an order from a customer, it kind of sounds simple, but in reality, it's, it's really a challenge for, you know, many suppliers. Why is that? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. Um, and a lot of companies, or I should say, there's not a lot of companies that are focused on automating customer orders. There's a lot of companies that are focused on automating um, suppliers or logistics providers. And that's a relatively easy task because if you are the procurement department or the logistics department, you can essentially say, here's how I'm going to deliver my order to you because you're in the driver's seat. But when you're a supplier and you're dealing with customers, you have to take their orders pretty much however they want to give them to you. It could be, you know, written on the back of a napkin or they might say, hey, monitor my tank and um, resupply me when um, I'm about to go empty or monitor my rail cars. Um, I'm going to send you the order via an email and it might be a PDF or it might be an Excel file or I want you to integrate into this system or that system or I want you to go to a portal. So there's all this variation that a supplier has to deal with. I think that's one of the, one of the challenges. There's also process variation. Um, you could have uh, the easiest type of order to automate is if your customer sending you a purchase order. That's pretty straightforward. But sometimes they might send you a scheduling agreement, which is a specific way of exporting data out of an SAP system. We see it in consumer packaged goods in the automotive industry. And that, that could be done manually. It could be processed manually by a customer service rep, but uh, it's very tedious. So you might need applications to actually help you process it. So you have this process variation, you have format variation. Um, and the supplier really has to deal with that because they want to take the order however they can because it's revenue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know how many uh, uh, companies take orders by napkin, but I'm sure you know if it's a if it's a high or if it's a big revenue order, you know they'll take it by napkin if if they have to, right? And, yep. uh, and they just manually you know you know punch it in. But I think you provide a great overview there because I think you, you're right. I mean, there's there's some very highly automated ways like VD, v, VMI, like you talked about. Hey. Uh, a supplier monitor our, uh, you know, stock levels or tanks or whatever the case might yep. be. And when it hits a certain threshold, automatically, you know, re, you know, generate that order and replenish. That's to, right. you know, some of these more, you know, manual uh, approaches where it could just be a, an Excel spreadsheet or a PDF and someone then has to manually type that into the supplier that has to manually type that into their, their system to kind of, uh, you know, so the human 
is that the digitization approach is, you know, fingers on a, on a keyboard, right? Yes. Yep. And that actually brings up a, a really good point because a, a lot of times um, you end up with these, uh, I'll call them hidden factories, because when a human is typing them in, <clears throat> they have all this knowledge in their head and they're actually, they're not just typing in the order, but they're transforming it uh, from one system to another. And one of the things that that can cause to happen is you lose some of the, um, you, you introduce latency into the process. Because if you um, automated that process, the order would flow from one system to the other almost instantaneously, instant demand capture. When the processes are <clears throat> somewhat disassociated where you have to have a person doing that manual entry, oftentimes that introduces a time lag and, and that can um, limit the responsiveness um, of, of the supply chain. Yeah, that, that, that's a great point. I mean, I, I, I gave a presentation uh, earlier this week at the uh, Food Shippers Association. And, you know, we, we, one of the things I was talking about in terms of digital transformation is, you know, the different sources of waste that are out there. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the biggest sources of waste is waiting, right? Yes. Uh, yep. And I think what you just talked about is kind of an example of that, where you've got this kind of uh, a, a process is kind of paused because you're waiting for someone to actually then enter the information into some system for them to for it to go into, you know, onto the next step. And so there's a lot of, you know, waste in supply chain, particularly from a waiting, you know, uh, yes. you know, standpoint. Now, I mean, I think, you know, dealing with these different, you know, uh, ordering cha uh, channels is, is really only part of the challenge because companies often have, have to deal with data synchronization. Can you explain what, you know, what that is, number one? And, and number two, yep. you know, why is that also important? Yeah, no, uh, data synchronization is, is, a, is a huge problem. Um, I was at a, at a conference and a gentleman spoke. Um, they spent several million dollars uh, trying to identify obsolete part numbers that they could retire from their SAP system. And he said, you know, we did that five years ago. And guess what? After spending millions to identify them, you know, bringing in consulting companies and everything, 80% of them were still in service because they, they just couldn't get rid of them because the way the systems were intertwined with their suppliers, with their customers. And um, that's the heart of the problem is, so one company has trouble getting their data synchronized. It, it is much more challenging than to try to synchronize across companies. So a, a buyer might have five product numbers. The supplier supplies them with seven different ones. A customer service rep in the middle knows the subtleties of that to be able to translate this product number sometimes into product A and other times into product B. And so um, we, we see that really uh, coming into uh, three main areas. One is product cross-referencing, the product IDs. Another is unit of measures. Uh, someone might order it in pounds, but they want it delivered in cases, uh, a packaged unit. Then you get into things like what are the conversion factors, what are tolerances, you know, because you can't ship half of a drum, let's say. You know, you're going to have to round it to full drums. Um, another one is locations. Uh, we've seen cases where if it's a certain product in a certain quantity, it needs to go to the delivery location um, at the rail yard a, a mile away from the plant. Or if it's a different quantity, it needs to go to a warehouse on the plant. And um, the customer will just communicate, you know, send it to my plant. And someone has to make all those translations. And so we, we've been dealing with uh, these types of things in process manufacturing for over two decades. Um, you know, the company's been around for 20 years. And um, we've done this in many different ways. We just rolled out a product called Enrich that really turns um, uh, the solution of that problem into a, um, a packaged, highly configurable uh, service that's available on the network. 
And, you know, we see a lot of uptake in that because it's a big problem, that data synchronization between ERPs. You know, the, the, those are some, you know, you know, great examples. There. And again, it just, it just blows my mind all the time. You know, it's, it's a miracle that stuff gets to point A to point B. When you think yeah. about, you know, you know, the more you dive into these things, you realize how complex some of these things are, right? Because, you know, you're, you're right, a customer, the way the customer calls a product uh, within their system is could be completely different than the way the supplier, you know, calls it within their system. And, and you're just making sure that you do that translation um, to get it right is, yep. you know, critically, you know, critically important. Again, I think historically a lot of that has been done, you know, manually or someone with a calculator trying to convert, yep. you know, one unit of measure, you know, into, right. into another. And we all know, again, we, we talked earlier about latency and, uh, but the other thing is data accuracy then, you know, yep. you know, that whenever you have a human involved, um, you know, you're introducing the possibility for, uh, uh, for errors and mistakes to happen because of that manual entry. And, and then that can create, you know, complications. And I think, you know, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, those things would happen and it's, you know, I'm sorry. And you would kind of correct it. But now in this age where things are happening so much more quickly, where companies are starting to compete in customer experience and customer yes. satisfaction, um, you know, those types of mistakes, I mean, the tolerance for them, uh, won't tolerate it. <laughs> people won't tolerate it anymore because, you know, that can be the difference between a plant shutting down or not, or it could be the right. difference between, you know, making your, you know, making a sale or not, you know, and, and so, so the stakes are much higher today than in the past. No, they are. And it's a moving target too, because with, um, you know, faster product development, uh, uh, life cycles, um, you know, faster time to market in the drug industry. Um, uh, it's no longer, can I sell a billion of these pills next year? It's more targeted, segmented, uh, drugs. And so the product, uh, life cycles are, are, are shortening and there's many more of these products. So it's a problem that's not going away. It's actually getting bigger. And one of the things that we saw that we had to build into it was basically a self-correcting nature to the problem. You know, you set it up once, you can't assume it's done. Um, you know, we want to have uh, real time, um, very helpful alerting if something new comes in, something new came in, pops up a screen, haven't seen this before, you know, how do you want to treat it? And make that very easy for customer service so that we um, reduce that latency and increase that accuracy. Well, you know, I just talked about that kind of brings you to my, to my next question, because obviously, you know, uh, this is all areas where technology, you know, can help to help, you know, automate and streamline a lot of these things. So, so how is, you know, how is technology and particularly in a, in a digital network environment helping you know, to streamline and automate, you know, all aspects of the order to cash life cycle. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you start at the first step, it's really order entry is one of the first steps where digitization can help, you know, being able to receive that um, uh, email order and audit and process it into the ERP system. Um, being able to handle a uh, order that is exported as an IDOC out of a, out of a large customer system. Um, you know, we see this uh, stratification out there with order entry where you have, um, it's a Pareto, uh, you know, it's a normal type curve where you have relatively, uh, some, some of our customers, some of our clients have like 20,000 customers, a really large number. And um, maybe 100 of them have, uh, 100 of their customers can support like an EDI or XML connection. So you have, but they send a lot of orders. Then you have this group that's in the uh, in the middle. Uh, maybe there's like two or three thousand of those customers, and they send a more medium amount of orders. Um, 
and you know, we see a lot of them being automated with a product we have called QuickLink Email um, in that middle group. But then you have this long tail that historically has been really challenging to deal with. You know, literally you have 15,000 customers. Some only send orders uh, in five times a year. Others send in 70, and you know, there, there's a lot of variation there. So we're rolling out a product to help deal with that too on the order entry side so that we can um, have a set of tools that all come through our network with that enriched product cross-reference type of capability um, and you know, the other solutions that we have, things like visibility. They, all the uh, customer orders from big ones to small customers can all flow through the, the network through that one channel. Um, and, but the first part's order entry. And then the other thing, you know, I think you, you mentioned, um, you know, being able to see, you know, the visibility, um, being able to link up that order with the transportation information. Because what a customer really wants is the right product to be delivered at the right time to the right place. And, you know, um, they expect that. When it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter if it's because the transportation provider failed or, um, you know, the order got delayed because someone was sick or, you know, a box was dropped in the warehouse. The customer doesn't really care why. They just want their stuff to get there on time. And so the, what our visibility tools do is it links up the information, the order information, the confirmation, the um, booking when it occurs uh, with the carrier, um, the actual shipment status that, that's occurring as the product is en route so that we can see through the order lifecycle what, what's going on and predict that there might be a problem. Because you, you might have an operational issue um, that slows it down, but by expedited freight, you can get the order there on time, that sort of thing. An another area where we see um, with one of our recent acquisitions um, of a, uh, a quality company is being able to uh, digitize a certificate of analysis where you can have a finished goods certificate of analysis that includes the lineage um, batch information, lot information of the component raw materials that went into it. And so that can be a very powerful tool, probably best applied when you have highly critical materials. It's probably not worth it you know, for, for every product every day. But um, th those are some of the kinds of things that um, uh, digitiza digitization um, you know, can uh, help with. Oh, and one last one I was just thinking of also is um, we're starting to see more and more multi-echelon supply chain where the order comes in you might want to have uh, visibility potentially into not just the supplier stock levels but if you have awareness of certain raw materials that are upstream of that being able to see that end-to-end -end visibility or if there's intermediate stocking points where you know you want to take your product store it at a location so that you can distribute it out so uh, digitization lets you see those different nodes in the supply chain yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think visibility is obviously, you know, it's always one of those hot topics, but, you know, yep. it certainly applies here as well, right? Because customers always want to know, you know, Where's what's the status stuff? of my order? Did you get my order? Is it in process? When's it going to be completed? When's it going to be shipped? You yep. know, and then it's then when it's over in the transportation side, you're right. Is it in transit? Is it going to be late? You know, and, and so forth. So I think, you know, being able to connect all of those dots and be able to provide that visibility to, to clients is important. I think the other aspect of this and where I think you know, I've always been a big proponent of, of network-based, you know, uh, platforms mm -hmm. is, you know, this really creates the network, you know, the network effect. I mean, I think it's, it's mind-boggling when you think about a supplier having 20,000 customers, which is great, right? But all those customers, as you talked about, each having, you know, if all those customers have such a diversity of ways to communicate in order, I mean, you want that on your end, at your ERP system or your system 
you know, for all those orders to come in in a, in a common format, if you will, so that you internally have visibility in terms of all the orders that you have that, that have come in, what the revenue opportunities are, what the uh, shipment requirements are, and, and so forth. So being able to just make that one connection to the platform and have access to orders from 20,000 participants, uh, rather than you as a supplier going out and making 20,000 individual connections, um, I think that's where, um, you know, that, that would have been the case, you know, many years ago, right? Where you had to do that, or yep. you, know, you did that with EDI, with all that those subset, point to point connections. Those point to point connections via EDI, but you, you lost that long tail, right? Of, 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 of supplier, of customers that, you know, you needed to capture in here. So I think just the, the, the ability to scale order capture in all aspects of supply chain really um, through this network effect, I think is another powerful, um, you know, capability of this. Well, and you know, you made me think of something else with the, with the network effect. If, if I'm an, if I was an individual supplier and I needed to come up with all those tools and technologies to be able to address that entire long tail and all of the different process nuances, you know, that, that uh, manufacturer would become an expert in, you know, our, our domain of e-commerce. We can offer that solution at a lower uh, cost point to our customers because we're, uh, most of these things are not really that differentiating. Um, we, or I, they actually can be differentiating, but um, we can offer them at, because we build it once and offer it to many in a, many, in a multi-tenant environment, we can actually lower their costs to serve at that very high service level. So I think that's another aspect of the network. You can kind of like buy into it and you get it without having to develop the competence to build it, maintain it over time. Yeah, and, it, and, it's, and it's an ongoing thing. I mean, I've, for, for yeah. years now, I've told manufacturers and retailers that you've got to get out of the B2B connectivity business. It's yeah. not the business that you're in. You know, if you're a manufacturer, you're in, the manu you're, you're in the manufacturing business. If you're a retailer, you're in the selling you know, yeah. business. But B2B connectivity uh, is, uh, you know, a critical component of to, to get your job done. But, you know, uh, th there are ways that, uh, you know, you can view that as a utility, if you will, or, or as a service that you can tap into to leverage the technology and the capabilities to help you do what you need to get done in, in, in that area. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, I mean, can you share with us some of the, 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 the benefits that companies are experiencing by using kind of this network-based approach to, to order management? Yeah, um, I mean, starting with the order entry, you know, you have efficiency, you have um, fewer errors, you have um, uh, less latency. You know, I think those are some uh, pretty basic ones. Um, you start to also get into some operational benefits. If the orders are, are flowing in automatically, um, the operational side of the business has more time to react, especially if it's like a, a same day order. If, um, if, the, if you have a cutoff time of, uh, let's say, uh, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, and if you get the order in by 10 o'clock, we'll make sure that we deliver it that same day. Um, with, with automation, you might be able to push that to 11 o'clock and increase your revenue. Um, also, with, with automation, if it comes in at 10 o'clock, but uh, the person uh, was called away and doing something else, the customer expectation is they got it in at 10, but then if customer service couldn't get to it until noon, suddenly other parts of the organization might be scrambling and you might have a higher cost to serve. So you can address some of those things through the, through the, through the automation. Um, and I think another one there is going to be working capital. A lot of times you end up carrying more inventory just to deal with those process issues. Um, and so it, the more you can streamline those processes and make them 
more efficient, um, the you know you, you can optimize your your working capital. And you now I'm just thinking about the process of digitization too. That 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 can be another place where you uh, get value uh, in the organization because when these processes are manual, a lot of times management doesn't know everything that's that's going on at a, at a nuanced level. Um, when you go to automate it, you start to um, extract that information. Then you realize, hey, this person's doing it one way, this person's doing it another way. They have half a best practice, they have half a best practice. Let's pull that together and automate it. And, and you can actually you know, step up the process efficiency or the, the process capability and also make it more efficient with the, with the technology. So I think there's a, a process component too through digitization. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you have now, you, you know, by having all this information now uh, in, in a much more uh, electronic, you know, way, yeah. um, you know, from a better business intelligence, yeah, better reporting you know, from a business intelligence and analytics standpoint, you've got much more richer set of data now that can, from a predictive standpoint, a machine learning standpoint, you know, will help you move away from being kind of a reactive type of organization to one that's more, you know, proactive and, and obviously, you know, a lot of the bus numbers, you know, predictive. But I think the bottom line is that, you, you know, by move, getting away from some of this manual processing and keying in information and the latency and so forth, um, you're, you're just now, another value added benefit is that you, you have access to a much richer and more real-time uh, view of how your business is actually operating and, and what the demand looks like and how that's translating into the operation side to help you drive continuous improvement within your organization in a much more, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, faster, you know, way than you could, you know, historically. Well, yeah, and that's totally true. And, and you maybe think about a meeting that I was at recently where we were talking about our metrics that sits on top of the data. And this was with a, with a customer that had um, four or five very different type of business units. And they said, well, um, can you craft your metrics, like on time and full type of metric? Can you craft that to the individual metrics of each of the business unit? And I just said, no, nah, that's not how we you know, architected and configured. We can do anything, but that's not how it works now. And one of them said, actually, that's a good thing because we, don't want our, we want our businesses to measure themselves all the same way. And what they've been doing historically with the internal metrics is um, they've been basically cheating on the metrics to all make themselves look good. And they saw that as a benefit that we had one consistent way of, of measuring this data. I mean, we know what the, uh, what the customer request was. We know what the promise was. We know what the actual delivery date is. We have one set of accurate metrics that um, really can't be gamed. Yeah, no, that, that's a great uh, that's a great example. Um, you know, so Gary, so as a way to um, as a way to wrap up, I mean, what mm -hmm. questions should you know companies ask themselves to assess whether they're a, a leader or a laggard when it comes to the digitization of, of customer orders, and, and you know, what steps can they take to get started and, and move up that maturity curve? Yeah, um, I think. To determine if you're a leader or a laggard, I mean, I think one thing you'd want to look at is um, some very basic uh, uh, metrics, like how many, what percentage of your customers are automated, hands-free? What percentage of your orders? Um, th that can give you some uh, basics. I mean, I'd say world-class at this point would be to have, um, you know, 80% of your orders totally automated, because there's always going to be, you know, some aspect of the long tail that just needs a lot of uh, hand-holding. But um, uh, I think that that's one number of customers and orders automated. Um, another one would be uh, more getting into the 
innards of the ERP. They might be automated into the ERP, but then how far inside? Like, are there touches that have to be done inside the ERP? Because it ends up being a journey. First, you want to get your orders automated into the ERP. Then you're going to start to find over time certain products don't need to be touched. You can do ATP on those, and, and the first time they get touched is when the picking ticket kicks out. Other ones need to have other transportation arrangements. So you start to, um, you know, through analysis, figure out what are those things inside the ERP that you can automate to get closer and closer to the order starts and the customer system. And then the first time you touch it is when you're going to ship it. I mean, that's, that's, that's a nirvana, but it's, it's a journey to get there. Um, just trying to think here. Um, another one would be basic customer satisfaction. Like what are your um, customer satisfaction rates? Are customers satisfied? Are you delivering on time? Because uh, order automation can help with those types of things. But to me, it's all about customer satisfaction at the end of the, at the, end of the day and doing things to help increase um, you know, revenue. Yeah, no, great, great metrics to, to, to think about as you, you know, get started on this journey. I think you, know, you can just look around your office and if you're seeing a lot of people typing in orders into systems, that's a clear signal yeah. that you're, you're a laggard versus a, a leader uh, in this area. Well, Gary, you know, as always, you know, we always manage to scratch the surface on these topics, but I, I think this is a, you know, a topic that may not necessarily be, you know, one of those hot and sexy, you know, buzzworthy, you know, topics out there, but obviously has a, uh, you know, a critical uh, component of the supply chain that uh, with a lot of opportunity to drive efficiencies and benefits with, within companies. So I think this is something that a lot of companies ought to be looking at and, and thinking about. So I appreciate you making the time to kind of share your insights and advice on this topic. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I want to thank those of you that joined us. Uh, if you've got a question or a comment for Gary and you're watching this on demand at the uh, Alemica website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a, uh, you know, and you want to ask him a question, you can post it there and I'm sure he'll be more than uh, happy to respond via that medium. And uh, again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day. Looking forward to it. Have a great day.